Man, God's Word with you this morning. If uh, you're visiting, my name's uh, Pastor Paul, also called Pastor Slim, so whichever you feel more comfortable with, I'm okay with either. And um, we're beginning a new series called The Overflow of Blessing, and uh, each week this month we're going to look at different ways that what we do contributes to an overflow of blessing in our life, and today I'm going to look at the outworking of grace and how that brings blessing to people's lives. And you know, blessing is based entirely on the grace given to us in Jesus' name. As we receive that grace, then we are able to bless others. And in Romans chapter 5, I want to start there this morning and read uh, from verses 1 to 6. This really sets up the reason that we have an outworking of grace in our life. It says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. I love that last line. While we were helpless, Christ came at just the right time. You know, God's grace can be defined as um, God's riches for us at Christ's expense. We didn't have to do anything to earn it. It was undeserved favour. And for us to suggest that we deserve something would imply that we did something to earn it and that God owed us, but he doesn't. His word says that he loved us so much that he sent his son while we were still sinners to die for us without asking for anything in return. Isn't that amazing? Incredible grace of God. It is by grace we have been saved. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. We make that very clear this morning. We are saved only by grace. Grace is founded upon the limitless generosity of God. Grace is also described as the divine enabling and the empowerment of our calling. And I love this description, divine enabling. It's like an empowerment that comes into our life to fulfil God's calling on our life. And because we have this divine enabling through the grace of God, it basically, in my view, um, sets us free from any strongholds that might hinder us from reaching out to people. No longer do we need to be intimidated by what people might think when we extend grace to them. No longer do we need to fear what the consequences might be because we understand this incredible grace of God and and we now set our identity in Christ. Because our identity is in Him, we are free to extend grace to others. You know, Jesus said something very profound to His disciples just before He sent them out into the world. He said, freely you have received, freely you have received give. Freely you have received, so freely give. So let me ask you this morning, 
Do you have a revelation of God's grace in your life that you have received freely? If the answer is yes, then Jesus instructs us, his followers, as freely as you have received, freely give. So what does this look like? What does the overflow of blessing look like through an outpouring of grace? The first point I want to share this morning is this whole idea of the practice of blessing, the practice of blessing others. Um, Roy Godwin in his book, The Grace Outpouring, says this. He says, when the practice of priesthood was originally about to commence, God instructed Moses to explain to Aaron how he and the priests were to act. Not only were they to intercede for the people, but they were to pronounce blessings over them as well. And we see that in Numbers chapter 6. It says, tell Aaron and his sons, this is God speaking to Moses, he says, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favour and give you his peace. And whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I will bless them. Yeah, there's an incredible insight into the power of blessing right there. God says that when you proclaim a blessing over others, other people's lives in my name, I will come in and bless them. It's not just empty words that we proclaim when we proclaim a, a blessing in Jesus' name. God says, I will inhabit that and I will bring blessing to those people. That's why we pray a blessing at the end of our services every week in Hope You See. It's not just to fill the last five minutes before you go home. It's not just to make it sound nice, right? It's actually, we believe it. And and, and when we pray that, we're praying it over our own lives, over the lives of our families and those that are here with us. And we're asking God in. We're inviting Him into that place where He Himself can bless us. It's more than just a prayer. It actually realigns our heart with God's purpose for our life when we start to declare blessings over one another's lives. We begin to become a dispenser of His grace towards others because we have blessed them. You know, the practice of blessing is just not about a nice feeling. You know, like when you sneeze. Oh, bless you. Oh, thank you. That's not what blessing is. It's actually way more powerful than that, than making us feel nice, right? But we kind of... We kind of get in that train of thought, oh, yeah, God bless, you know. But it's actually something that's really powerful. I describe it like this. It's a declared pronouncement of God's power over people's lives, followed by an outpouring of intentional grace towards one another. It's a practice, the practice of blessing. It's a practice, so it needs to be practiced. (laughs) Isn't the English language wonderful? the practice of blessing. So let's practice it. Amen. Second point that I want to share is the power of blessing. So we practice it. We declare it over people's lives. Where is the power? You know, there is a power that comes from meeting with God. The supernatural is released. And again, we see it in the Old Testament in Leviticus with Moses and Aaron. It says, then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle and when they came back out, they blessed the people again. And the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community And fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offerings and the fat on the altar. And when the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell face down to the ground. So Moses and Aaron go in and bless the people and God shows up. God shows up in the midst of them. And when we bless others by our grace towards them, there is a release of God's power. I believe when we extend grace towards others, that there is a softening of their heart that occurs 
an opening for the Holy Spirit to come in and begin to realign His Spirit to us when we bless others. There is something powerful that happens when grace abounds. And I believe, firstly, it happens in our own heart. It's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus demonstrated this himself. And he he said a, a very profound thing in the gospel. He said, love your enemies. Who thinks that's a great idea? Love your enemies. Who finds that hard? Just every head bow, every eye closed. You ever see those hands? Love your enemies. You know, that person that is your enemy. And, you know, our natural inclination, I'm generalizing here, Our natural inclination is to try and bring justice. We love to see justice come. But, you know, Jesus says, love your enemies and leave the justice to me. And in in a time when he said this, there was Roman oppression. He said, if a Roman soldier comes and asks you to carry my bag one mile, carry it two. I mean, you're kidding, Jesus? I don't even want to carry it one. And you're telling me to go double? Jesus is talking about this outpouring of grace, this outworking of grace that we are to show to all people, including our enemies. And he demonstrated it on the cross. Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's looking down at a group of people that beat him, that tortured him, that are gambling over his clothes and are now mocking him. And what does he say? He didn't say, you might be laughing now, pal, but in three days I'm going to be back here and wipe that smile off your face. He didn't say that, did he? What did he say? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Jesus said, love your enemies. Bring an outworking of grace. Because you see, grace firstly changes our heart. When we decide that we are going to extend grace to someone, the work is first done in our own life. And, you know, if I wanted to use an example, a, a fictitious example, let's say that you're in a life group or you're at work and there is someone there that is driving you absolutely insane. Can you see that person now? It wouldn't be in a Hope You See life group, it'd be in another church life group. Some of you are looking at people now, that's pretty scary. So they're sitting with, they're in your group and for whatever reason, I don't know, they're just annoying you know, and, and or they're at work and maybe you're being bullied at work or it's just someone that is just way over the top and you just cannot stand them. And, uh, you know, what's our natural inclination to that? Our natural inclination is to avoid them or maybe leave the life group or maybe, you know, turn up to work a bit later or get on a shift that they're not on, something like that. That's our natural, natural inclination, right? But what if we decided instead of doing those things, what if we decided to actually pray a blessing over them. What would change? That we say, God, I don't know why they're so annoying, (laughs) but I pray for them. I I declare blessing over their life. Whatever they're going through that that is causing this, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would invade that space and bring healing and bring peace and bless them and let them know that it's you. What if we did that? I would suggest that it would actually change our heart and that when we encounter that person the next week or the next day, that our actually attitude towards them is probably going to be more gracious. Only because we've proclaimed a blessing over their life. Isn't it amazing how God works that into our own life? 
it would firstly bring about a transformation in you. In you. you know, oftentimes when I've been in a situation where I've been asked to listen to a husband and a wife who are not doing very well in their marriage and it looks like it's not going to survive. Oftentimes, as I feel led by the Holy Spirit, at the end of whatever that session is, I will ask the husband to pray for his wife and I'll ask the wife to pray for her husband and I'll say, this is what I want you to do. When you pray, all I want you to do is to thank God for your wife and I want you to name the qualities in your wife that you love and that she brings to the relationship. And then I ask her to do it the same for the husband. And you know, it's very awkward because to get to that point, there's been so much of focus on one another, you know, for the wrong reasons. But when we decide to extend grace in that way, often I find that there is a softening of the heart just in you praying and declaring what you're thankful for and a blessing over that person. And it begins to open up a space for the Holy Spirit to begin to do a work in that space. There is power in extending grace because God's intention for us is for authentic community. Did you know that? That we actually sort out our differences, that we actually work through stuff and that we actually don't become so important in our own minds that that we um, forget to extend grace to one another. We all need grace if we're going to strive towards authentic community, but oftentimes we don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in that space in our life. And yet our faith demands it. As freely as you have received, freely give in our speech towards one another, in our actions towards one another. Romans 2.4 says, Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realise that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? God's kindness leads us to repentance. God's kindness in your life, God's kindness in my life brought many of us here to a place where we received him into a place where we could experience his love. And, you know, as we also extend that grace and that kindness to those that don't know him, it brings an opening of their heart to receiving God into their life. And I've experienced this many times, and I want to share a story with you this morning. I have shared it before, but I'm sure there are many that haven't heard it. Um, But I was involved um, in helping a family many, many years ago who had had a tragic accident occur in their family the the mum and the three kids lost their their husband and their dad and I didn't know this family they weren't a church family but I was invited to go around to their house and just uh, ask them if they're okay and that's not an easy thing to do I don't know how you would respond just being invited to someone's house you don't know they've just lost their husband and their father and say I want you to go in there and talk to them and so I got to the door and I took a deep breath knocked on the door and went in And, you know, they had lots of questions. Questions about why God would allow this to happen. Questions as to whether their dad was now in heaven. And they were questions that I couldn't really answer. But I did encourage them just to talk to God and encourage them that the Holy Spirit would come and bring comfort if they would let him. And then we asked if the family needed any assistance, if we could help in some way. 
And uh, as a result of that, we found out that the eldest daughter didn't have a car and so couldn't get to work. And now because they'd lost the dad, um, you know, money was going to be an issue. And so my life group chipped in and we bought her a car as an outworking of grace. It wasn't a wonderful car, but it was a car. I think we've got a photo there, yeah. So we bought the car from Areca. My life group did this. We bought it from Areca and we got it fixed up and we presented that to them within two weeks of the dad passing. And then uh, the, the, uh, the boy, he was a mad Brisbane Raw fan, so I rang Brisbane Raw and um, we got him to go down there and we got him to meet the players after the match and the management came and we had a, had a little function there that they invited them to. We just extended God's grace towards them. We didn't try and convert them or, you know, lay hands on them or do anything like that. We just extended God's grace and said, look, if we can continue to help you in any way, please reach out. And, you know, God does amazing things. It turned out that her son was in my son's grade at the same school. So we connected them up and he started going to youth ministry, youth group, and then connected my wife Elise with with the mum just to have coffee. And so Elise invited her to her life group and every now and again she would turn up and she got to meet other ladies that would extend grace towards her and just love her and try and help her through that. And, you know, then over time, um, the other two daughters would come to church and it was amazing, you know, sometimes we take this for granted because it, it happens in long steps, you know. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We just keep extending grace, keep loving them when we can. And it was probably about five or six years later, I was um, in the worship team and I'm, I'm playing bass and I'm looking out at the congregation and, you know, it was probably about, I don't know, six or seven rows back, I saw the four of them standing in that row, hands raised, worshipping God. And I just began to thank God. Just began to thank God for His grace, His grace in my own life. I thank God that I took that deep breath and walked in the door. It would have been so easy for me just to turn around and drive home and say, this is too hard, God, don't ask me to do that, you know. But just outworking that grace towards a family changed their life, changed their life. And I want to encourage you this morning that there is power in showing grace to those that don't know his love, the power of blessing. My last point this morning is the purpose of the blessing. You know, the church, you and I, we exist to help bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's why the Lord's Prayer is so powerful. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, it's an incredible privilege seeing those who are lost find Christ. And, you know, we need to be intentional about embracing the grace opportunities that come across our path every day, that we don't get so caught up in our own family and in our own life and our own work schedule, that we miss the opportunities that stand before us each and every day. But I also encourage you to think about extending grace to your church family here. You know, oftentimes we undervalue that Oftentimes we think, well, you know, there's a world that's lost out there. We need to get out there and show grace. And, and you know, we often hear time, criticism time and again about, you know, well, the church needs to get out of those four walls and show love. And, you know, the church does that. You and I, the church, we do that every day when we go into our workplace and extend grace. I once had someone say to me, um, he was actually working in a, um, 
there's like a shelter type situation there where we help as well. And he was helping, you know, with the feeding program there. It wasn't a church run organization. He said, the church should be doing this. I said, they are. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're doing it. (laughs) You're the church, my friend, you know. And so we do that and we place a lot of value on that. But sometimes we, we undervalue just showing grace to one another here in God's house, in the family where he's placed us. And I love Galatians Um, chapter 6 verse 10 where Paul says take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith especially to one another in this house that's why this gathering is so important that's why I feel blessed every time I come here on a Sunday and you're here because this is our family that God has adopted us into and it's important if you call this place home and so as you serve you extend grace to one another as we have people in the children's ministry extending grace to our children right now what a powerfully incredible thing that is I was speaking with Erica who was up here on the platform earlier and she was saying that the when they first started coming to hope you see they'd moved to the coast they're trying to engage in a church she said the thing that um, gripped them the most was someone on the door that said hello to them for the few weeks that they came. When they came back, remembered their name. Just extended grace to them in that way. And sometimes it's just such a simple thing. But oftentimes we think, well, you know, anyone can do that. I don't want to do that. I'll just go home or, you know, I don't have time to serve in this place and that place. But God's grace is so powerful. As freely as you have received, freely give why our life groups are so important, that we can extend God's grace to one another and then we can extend it outside of our life group to those that are in our world that don't know Him. That family that came to Christ on the screen, that came through my life group. It was like a J Crew event. We went and helped a family that, that we were given a connection with. That's why we ask you if you're in a life group to have a prayer list. Have a prayer list of those who are in the world, of everyone in your life group that don't know Jesus and just proclaim the blessing over them every week. God, I bless them. I bless them, Lord. It's powerful. It invites God into their world. I've had the privilege of seeing my work colleagues come to Christ. Not here at Hope You See, but before I actually started working for the church. It's an incredible honour to see that. Two guys that I'd just extended grace to and shared God's love with for two years. And to be at an event where you see, after you know many years of just being faithfully extending grace to them, to see them walk out the front and give their lives to Christ is an incredible privilege. To be part of their wedding party when they, you know, marry a godly girl. To uh, see them become a missionary and pastor, and it's nothing better. And yet it just comes from extending the grace of God, His kindness to those who God brings into our world. I've been the recipient of a group that prayed for me when I was lost. Walked into a life group that I thought was just going to meet and there they were praying for me. They didn't know I was there. I turned up late and they're all praying for me. They got a shock when they opened their eyes and saw me there. Wow, this prayer thing works. He's here. 
you know, they were young adults and uh, they could have not done that. They could have just got their friends together and gone off and had a, had a meal somewhere and just ignored those that were new and lost, but they didn't. They actually took the time to pray for me when I didn't know Jesus. And I'm forever grateful for that. And for those of you that have been lost and have had people pray for you, I'm sure you're forever grateful for them as well to allow God's grace to come into that space in your life. And I just want to encourage us this morning, let's not get caught up in the things of life which so easily snare us and entangle us, but let's always be looking to extend God's grace, outwork God's grace to everyone we come into contact with as freely as we have received. Let us freely give. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we thank You for Your grace that has been extended to us, that You have freely given. Lord, Your your Word says that while we were still sinners, You loved us and You sent Your Son to die for us. And God, we can never repay that. But Lord, You repay us many times over just by Your presence. And so, Lord, we thank you for that this morning. And God, I pray this morning that as we have heard this message, that, Lord, you would strengthen us to be people that would have the courage to outwork your grace in every situation. Lord, help us to have faith in your plans, your purposes. Lord, that as we proclaim blessing over people, as we extend grace to people, we would have the faith to believe that you're in the midst of it that you, Lord, want to show them your grace also. And you know, This morning as we, just in this moment of reflection with uh, every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you a question this morning. Is God in the centre of your life? Is He in the centre of your decisions? Is He in the centre of your relationships? Is He in the centre of your world? Because this morning His grace is poured out towards you. His Word says that Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. His grace constantly pours out towards you no matter what you've done. Because He wants to be invited into the centre of your world. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He says that if you would receive me, I would come and I would bring eternal life and abundant life. And that invitation is extended to you today. And I want to give you the opportunity, if that's you, you say, yeah, I want to invite Jesus into the centre of my world. It would be a privilege to pray for you today. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you while every eyes closed, just to raise your hand and say, yeah, please pray for me. I want to invite Jesus this morning into the center of my life. Would you do that right now? Would you just raise your hand nice and high so I can pray for you, so I know who I'm praying for? Church, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for your grace towards me. I thank you that you died for me, that my sins are forgiven. And that because of that, I am made right with you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me. Guide me. 
I'm now a Christian. Amen. 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 Why don't we give God a hand this morning? He is amazing.